Good Vibes Cinema presents Vibe Talking. Hey, party people. Welcome back to the season finale of Vibe Talking, a podcast about films with off-the-charts vibes, films from the golden age of adult cinema. I'm Vic Terry, executive producer of Good Vibes Cinema, and joined here, as always, by my friend and co-star, Manny B. That's right. You can call me Dr. Love. Ooh, love that. Iconic. I didn't go to all those years of love medical school just to be called Mr. Love. Thank Thank you you very very much. much. (laughs) Oh my god, we are talking about a really fucking good movie today. We're talking about a fucking great movie that everybody should see and not enough people have. I think a lot of people have seen it, though, actually. Not enough, It's pretty iconic. Okay, I agreed with that. It is the opening of Misty Beethoven, which is regarded as the crown jewel of the golden age of adult film. Which is... It's a very big and bold claim. But it's surprisingly like, true. The movie it's totally it. true. Yeah. Um, okay. I had never seen this movie up until yesterday. Up until we were preparing for this. I have heard the name of the film. It is up there with Behind the Green Door, Debbie Does Dallas, Deep Throat. Like, it's on that level of, like, notoriety, fame, success. It also did have a mainstream kind of appeal the way that Deep Throat did. You know, it was in that kind of group of films. And I had heard about it from a friend of mine is a big fan of the director, Radley Metzger. And he did a lot of like, quote unquote, like mainstream films before going into porn. And so she had actually recommended some of his earlier stuff to me, which I've seen one of his earlier films. And then she was like, yeah, you know, like he actually did porn too. Like you should check that out. I thought the porn was even better than the movie, to be honest. <laughs> you perked up like a gopher. It was, yeah. Oh my God. How fucking good was this movie? How shook were you watching this movie? Right off the bat, I could tell that it was doing something right. It kept topping like what my sort of expectations were for the movie. Mm-hmm. And it carried all the way through the end. Quick pitch on this is that it is My Fair Lady, but porn. My Fair Lady is an an adaptation of the play Pygmalion. Mm -hmm. And so in that, just basically the premise is someone from the upper crust of British society says, I will take a low-born common person and I will turn them into a debutante, a well-regarded upper-class person. And I'll do it so effectively that people who are part of the upper-class society, they will not know. You know what my familiarity with that uh, story is? Lindsay Lohan, Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Is that also based on the same thing? <laughs> it's like loosely based, but in that movie, she is doing a play of that. But like just every time they show a clip of the play, like of her at rehearsal or whatever, it's just so like goofy yeah. and like has like musical numbers and like it's just, yeah, it's, it was an iconic movie. <laughs> the, the other thing that it's kind of doing too is, what is it, the rom-coms of like the early 2000s, mm-hmm. but the movie where someone goes... I'm going to take this like gross, disgusting girl and I'm going to turn her into the prom queen. Yes. So there's there's a lot of that too, which I think that is all inspired by uh, Pygmalion anyway. Mm -hmm. But having like watched several of those, like an embarrassing number of those movies in my life, like watching this, like I kept picking up. I was like, oh, this has got a lot of the same tropes. But instead of it being like corny and kind of lame, like this is actually like really good and like very smart. Um, Mm -hmm. I can't say enough about just the writing, the dialogue, the performances were all fucking good. Literally everybody in this movie was a good actor. I mean, it it doesn't strike you as like, oh, this is a porno until like they start having sex and there's a lot of sex in this movie. Even then, oh my God, I just like, we're getting so excited already. (laughs) Like, okay. (laughs) You said this is the best movie that you've watched for this show. 
Yes. I completely agree. I'm not necessarily going to say it's my favorite just because my own like personal preferences for certain films, but like, is it the best made movie? Like no question whatsoever. It's fucking great. It has a perfect balance between sex and story, which is funny because you know, that's something we've talked about so much and it's like, it it has nothing to do with how much sex is in the movie or not, you know, because there's basically people having sex in almost every scene of this movie, if not every scene of the movie, but it is so seamlessly woven into everything else that's going on. And it's a movie about sex. Like that is the story. So like I am watching an hour and a half of hardcore fucking and I forgot that I was watching porn. I was like, this is just like a regular movie that has sex scenes in it. Because you get invested in the storyline because you actually give a shit about the characters and you understand what the stakes are. And it doesn't hit you over the head with anything. Like, it's very just, like, subtle and natural in the way that it does all of it. Mm -hmm. The one exception I will make is just it's almost excessive in the number of blowjob scenes. Like, it... I don't think we can ever have (laughs) enough blowjob scenes, in my opinion. I thought they could have used a few more. To me, watching, like, Jamie Gillis acting in scenes, and he's literally limited in how he can move around because he's getting sucked off by various actresses, like, as the scene is going on. It felt like Bradley Metzger sat there and said you know what just as a challenge to myself and my actors what if in every scene they were getting head and they had to act around getting head dude I was like really impressed with his acting like just the whole time he was a great actor but like how is he he's like literally not even responding which that was like a comedic thing that was going on is like this guy's just such a like bougie playboy type that he's just like having a full serious conversation while he's getting a blowjob like it was hysterical it was one of those things to where it started off and it was like oh that's kind of funny and then like it happened so much it stopped being funny and it kept happening to the point to where I started la- like yeah <laughs> by the end of the film like they kind of button everything up with another blowjob scene and I was like this is actually re-. like they play it as a joke it's really funny it is funny this um, movie had a lot of funny stuff in it yeah I oh my god it was really witty is actually what I'm gonna say because I feel like Deep Throat is very funny but it's silly yeah, uh, some of the humor comes out of, like, its crassness, and, like, some of it is is being silly and, like, very, like, kind of Looney Tunes sort of way. Yes, this feels like Best in Show, you know, yes. that, which Best in Show is one of my favorite movies. Like, I love that kind of, like, dry, snarky, like, it's funny because all these people are so over the top, but we're playing it completely straight. That mm-hmm. was the, the style of this, I felt like. I, I do want to go back to, so when we talked about balance of sex and story, I feel like that is a pretty self-explanatory sort of thing. But just to really clarify, so with these movies, I really appreciate anything to where it feels like the the sex scene is diegetic to the, the story, to the plot. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily need to be like, well, what needs to happen in this scene is this character is trying to convince this character to have sex for reasons. But sort of like, you don't feel like the story, if it's a good story that you're following, is getting interrupted so that these two characters can have sex because it's been 12 minutes since the last sex scene and we have to have sex in this. Otherwise, people are going to leave the fucking theater and we're not Mm going to make any money. No, like all of this like did exactly what these type of movies, in my opinion, should do. And that is, it sets up, what if there was a world to where we didn't have all of this sexual repression, there weren't all these hangups about it, like sex was just a natural, casual thing that people did. It's almost like smoking a cigarette. Mm-hmm. Which nowadays is not a casual <laughs> thing that everyone does. Yeah. Nowadays it's a lot more taboo It than should music. be. Let's bring smoking back. <laughs> no, please don't. It's disgusting. Don't smoke. If you smoke, put, put your cigarette out right now, please. Thank you. Thank you for not smoking. Uh, so anyway... <laughs> 
This movie just kind of approaches of just like, hey, like, if we didn't have any hangups about sex and it's just like, they don't even literally ask, like, would you like me to start? They just start blowing somebody. That's the society I yeah. wish we lived in. It just kind of like happens all naturally. And the way that this movie is structured and paced and everything, they don't ever explain to you like why it is like this. You just understand like, okay, this is the world that they're in. And this is just how things are. Because one of the ways that it reinforces that is when they take a flight, like oh, they literally the show a flight attendant <laughs> sucking a guy off. And she doesn't even finish him. She's just like sucking on him. And then she like gets up. And then she's just like, oh, we're going to be landing in a little bit. And you're just like, okay. So on the airlines, like you just get sucked off. <laughs> okay, yeah. That was another great scene is like he's booking a plane ticket and he's talking to the stewardess. And it's like, okay, would you like smoking or non-smoking? Non-smoking. First class? Okay, first class, non-smoking. Would you like first class, non-smoking with sex? First class, non-smoking without sex? Uh, with sex. Would you like to fuck or would you like just a little head? Okay, first class, non-smoking, with head, just a little head. And then I think she also like asked him about the meal. Yeah, what kind of meal would you like? What kind of film would you like? And it's just like a three minute like conversation of just the repetition of it, the rhythm of the dialogue. It was fucking hysterical. I was laughing out loud watching it. that's the way things ought to be. I think people would hate air travel a lot less if they could get sucked off or fucked during the flight. Completely agree. Let's go back and and start from the beginning of this and just kind of like work through the plot. Um, Okay. Because this so much more than like anything else that we've watched. It's going to be so much easier to talk about the plot. Because the plot makes a lot of sense. It's not convoluted. (laughs) You understand who the characters are. You understand what the stakes are. Like you understand like what is happening in the movie and where it needs to end up. Okay. So this movie starts out, we have... Dr. Seymour Love. He is a wealthy, socialite, kind of cool, swinger, rich British guy? European guy? He's, he's kind of like like a New York, like rich, like uh, liberal douchebag, basically. Like, I feel like he lives in Europe and is traveling. That was my interpretation. I know. Um, to me, though, he was, he was definitely American. Okay. But there was like a weird sense to where it felt kind of like this movie was like dubbed over, but it wasn't. Like it was American made and everything. But they did shoot on location in Paris, Rome, and New York City. Yeah, okay. We've talked about, you know, like Dixie Ray having good production value. This was like fucking next yeah. level. Dixie Ray wishes it could fucking have this movie's production value. Honestly, yeah. Like it was fucking impressive. And that's, <laughs> that's no slight to Dixie Ray because like we go back Dixie and listen Ray. to the episode. I say a lot of good things about Dixie Ray and the world building and, and the set design. But the horrible sex. Yeah. So that's a hot take on yeah. that. This is how you fucking do sex, Spinelli. Like, come on. Hey, don't be dragging Spinelli. <laughs> we love him here. <laughs> I love you, but you kind of dropped it a little bit with, with that movie. Slightly, anyway. slightly. Okay. So Seymour, uh, it, it's this really cool scene. It's like a, the opening credits kind of thing is like a cutting back and forth between him cruising around the taxi driver porno theater city streets, which just already, I'm like, all right, I'm in, I'm in. Which again, like, I'm they bothered make, just from the opening credits. They make the sex fit within the scene because they're literally watching people on screen have sex. And that's being intercut as he's like walking to the theater with scenes of like the film that he's watching, like just a, a classic like sex scene. And then he gets into the theater and there's this girl there and she's like, just like, Cool. Like, literally, I was watching this, and I'm like, I feel like this would be me. Or, like, or as I would say, obnoxious and annoying. Oh, funny way. Oh, wow. I just thought, like... Well, 
she's, she's like cute. She's, talking she's a to little the bit tacky. She's that was that's how I she's feel. like, excuse me, that's my gum. And he's like, ew. Chewing gum off of the like fucking elf when he's walking she's through. She's like, the yeah, fifth seat over. I know it's mine. Oh, I loved her. The way that she was just like watching porn in the movie theater and like it felt like us. It felt like my attitude of like, hey, come over and watch Deep Throat. And I'm like, hey, you want a beer? Like, oh, that's fucking awesome. Like, you know, I loved it. I loved her right away. Super cute. She's fucking gorgeous. Well, and I also love the way that they kind of introduce him because they sort of subverted my expectations of like who the character was because I literally didn't read anything about it. I knew that it was based on My Fair Lady, mm-hmm. but I think that's the extent of what I knew about it. I knew that it was very well regarded, but I didn't know anything about the characters, the actors or anything. When his character comes in, at first you're just like, oh, this is just like a normal square. And he's like, what's all this uh, porno and movie theaters about? I guess I'll go check this out. He's, he kind of seems like that. And then he goes into this theater. He notices this girl who's like talking and then she like offers to give him a hand job. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I don't know. And she's like, or, you know, we could like go back to a hotel after this. So they start negotiating on price Oh, and that then, was a funny moment. Yeah, and then she's just like, well, hold on. Uh, Napoleon's here now. I liked her negotiation, though. She's like, it's going to be 50 bucks. And he's like, that's a little steep. And she's like, all right, 35. And he's like, okay, deal. And she's like, plus $15 for the room. <laughs> plus $10 for the room and then $5 for something else. And he's like, that's just 50 bucks. And she's, she's like, like, take hey, it or leave it. it. <laughs> and he's like, all right, fine. And she goes, all right, well, now I got Napoleon to take care of first. So I'll be good back to you in a minute. <laughs> And then this old man in a Napoleon costume like walks in and she starts fucking jerking him off. Have you seen and, it? And it was really cool too because again, a lazier filmmaker would have just been like, oh, okay, she's jerking the guy off. But like they literally set it up so that what she's doing actually matches like what's happening on screen. That was cool. Yeah. That was and it was like cool. they synced up with like busting a load. Love that. And I was just like, okay. Fucking these guys know There's what details. they're doing. There's details going on. That's yeah. something I will say. The timing And this is like this fucking five minutes into the movie. Incredible. It immediately grabbed me. And that's something I want to just throw out really quick. With the balance of sex and story, with the just the pacing of the whole thing, the guy who made it started his career as an editor. Okay. So it 100%, like hearing that, I'm like, this fucking tracks. Like he understands flow so well. And then this, this movie won an award for editing. Mm-hmm. Which and screenplay I, I, and directing it won a ton of awards. And then I read something to where there was a little bit of a question about who was the actual editor on it. And now saying that like Metzger started off as an editor. That does make sense. It's my understanding that he did all of it. Wrote it, directed it, produced it. There was a different person who was credited as the editor and, and like yeah, actually but won he, the award. He used different screen names for everything so it's like he has like he wrote and directed it but it says directed by henry paris screenplay by some other fucking fake name and that was something cool too is that i was like okay he's using this like stage name or whatever he did it because he didn't want to get arrested like not because he had any qualms about what he was doing which which that's cool to me you know like his attitude because i actually listened to an interview with him this morning which was so fucking interesting because it the interview was from 71 so before he started doing porn at all oh wow but all of his films are sexy you know like that's his the types of stories he's interested in he's very aesthetic you know like artsy aesthetic like he's very influenced by european films and like weird indie films and like that's his just his vibe always has been his vibe and this guy interviewing him was being a fucking douchebag and just being like, why is your shit so smutty? And he hadn't even started doing porn, but he kept being like, your films are, I don't know, almost pornographic. And he's like, mm, interesting, maybe I should do that. <laughs> but he gets this phone call in and this woman is like, why do you make such obscene films? And he's like, what film specifically are you talking about? And she's like, 
well, I haven't actually seen any of your films. And, of he, and he's like, yeah. okay, well, then why are you talking about films that you haven't seen? And she's like, well, because I've heard about them and I don't think I want to see them. And he's like, well, that was probably the right decision. You probably wouldn't like them. <laughs> and he's just so like snarky and Respect. funny. And I was just like, oh, I like this guy. I like yeah. this guy. Yeah. And I think some of that came across with uh, with the character of Dr. Seymour Love. So, so going back to what I was saying before about how he's introduced and how his identity kind of gets revealed. He leaves the theater with, with Misty Bates open they go back to this like ratty ass uh motel hot yeah and there's just people in there like fucking and sucking and they go back there it goes from like he's just a, a john that she picked up to he starts asking her questions and then it's just like oh shit this guy's a reporter and it's like no actually he's not he's dr seymour love and he's like fucking the world's number sexologist. one sexologist yeah he's writing a book and he's just like yeah, I think you suck at what you do, but I'm going to turn you into the best, like, seductress on the face of the fucking planet. And that was something that I really, really liked. Okay, so I did know the premise of the film, a very loose idea of the premise. Like, I had just a two-sentence synopsis or whatever that was like, she starts out as a prostitute, and then he's trying to bring her into high society. I was expecting more of a pretty woman type of thing. Like, oh, she's trashy, and then we're going to make her classy. And what I really liked about this is, because that is kind of what's happening, but there's no, like... Both situations are very sexual. So his critique of her is she's like, okay, this is my rate. Just reel me like no beach, no back door. Like just keep it simple, you know? And he's like, you're like so like clumsy and like tasteless, not opening up to all these like cool things. And he's like, I am very sexy as well living in this high society, but like just kind of just sex parties basically. I liked that it was both of them are explicitly very sexual both of them are unconventional you know in the way that like sex is not like romantic necessarily maybe until the end a little bit well they both treat sex as transactional but the difference but in is, very is different ways. she treats it as transactional in that she's just trying to make you know enough money to get by for the day and he's treating it as transactional as like this elevates my status within society mm -hmm. and he's reached such a height within society that he's like the only thing the only direction i can go now is try to get to the absolute bottom and see if i can then uplift that person because i'm so fucking talented in what that i what i do you can give me the absolute most trash prostitute ever and i will turn her into fucking gold and i love that because he doesn't flat out like state this is the thesis of the movie but like they communicated in the this quick comedic funny dialogue mm -hmm. that just really flows and it runs by and you understand like very early on like okay this is exactly what's happening and now they're off and running and now you're getting to watch how that whole process plays out mm -hmm. the other thing that i like too is that instead of just Sort of in the way that My Fair Lady does to where it's just like, oh, well, this is a trashy, like, low person who is kind of a fucking idiot and they're poor and they're stupid and they're kind of a joke. In this, it's like, it doesn't treat her like that. It just treats her as like, you, you can get off, like, lonely plebes with the shit that you do, but I'm going to teach you, like, how to make people want you so badly that you decide exactly when they come and then they're in your total control. There was so much interesting stuff going on with power in this movie. Yeah. Which we will continue to kind of as we get to different parts. And that was the thing too is watching this. Because you, you watched it before me. You told me that you really liked it. And like I was like okay I understand exactly why you like this like very early on. This is the kind of shit that you would write. Like oh, this is like you. the kind of movie that you would make. 
Um, okay, I also want to say on last time we were talking, I think I brought it up, but like we kind of haven't talked about power in the scene that much lately. Like, which no. in season one was like constantly bringing it but up. But it was also because we were talking about really interesting filmmakers, Damiano and Spinelli. And yeah. it's just like, okay, we're assembling our little porno uh, Mount Rushmore. Yes. And so it's Gerard, going it's up. Anthony, and fucking, yeah, it's Bradley, Bradley Metzger. Bradley's up on the list. Oh, so interesting. Um, okay, then we get introduced to my favorite character, Geraldine. I literally, okay. Geraldine Rich. Love her. That's my like 20 year plan. <laughs> what was the line he said? He's like, she's rich both in like spirit, but also financially. Or He says something <laughs> like that. He walks out. He's like, she's like, dude, fuck you. Like, don't be telling me what to do or whatever. And he's like, okay, fine. Bye. And as he's walking out, he runs into his friend and it's like, oh, Geraldine, what are you doing here? And she's like, okay. And like she's riding some fucking dude while they're having this yeah. like casual catch up. She Hilarious. doesn't stop fucking him. It's interesting too because like the way that a lot of the sex is shot in this, it's not the same way that it's shot in so many other. Yeah. Because uh, they're they're doing a lot of stuff to where it's like it's not even like penetration half the time. It's like rubbing up against dude, him. And that, shit like that is low key an underrated move. That's a fucking pro ass move. Yeah. You have a director that has like a sense of just like, okay, what, what feels good for, for both people in this? Even though mm-hmm. one criticism I will level on this is there is almost no focus in this movie whatsoever on men pleasing women. Men learning how to please a woman. Agree with you on learning how, but I disagree with you on female pleasure being regarded as important because Geraldine and Seymour are like the same. They are like a power couple. Either they're a couple or friends or like kind of have like a casual whatever, but like they're partners in crime basically. And while you, you know, like you said, he's getting blown by all these rando, you know, maids and whatever throughout the movie. She is too, by men and women. She is too. But the whole thing with, as it relates to uh, Misty's character, is there's never ever any discussion about like, well, what feels good to you? Like, that's true. What's going to get you off? It's solely focused on how she can get other people off. My take on that, which maybe is a little problematic in the sense of like prioritizing male pleasure, but I think what it is is like, He's teaching her a skill set of like, how do you climb to the top? This is how you're going to climb to the top. Yeah. And then once she does climb to the top, I guess I won't spoil the ending right away, but her power in the scene very much shifts, both in the two sexual encounters that she has leading up to the ending and in like the final scene of like where she now in life has landed. So I think even though they don't address it like directly, I feel like narratively it is happening. We're seeing yeah. it happen, you know? It's just, it, the, the big thing about it is it's not overtly stated and, and throughout it's constantly reinforced of just like, you're not good enough at getting a man off. Right. Like, you, you're terrible at this and your entire, like, worth and value to us is based around, like, how effective you are at getting a man off. Mm-hmm. But it, it's not something, like, they don't, even though she starts off as a prostitute, like they don't really treat her like a prostitute. They treat her more like, it, it's funny because like, I know that so much of the focus of My Fair Lady is like, we're going to get you to, to speak and act like a lady. And this is doing that exact same thing, except that in this world, the definition of being a high class lady is that you are fucking great at getting people off. Like you know how to turn them on, but to also seduce to, them, yeah, the seduction. Like she's learning like sexual skills, how to give good head, and it's, well, not just how to get good head, but how to convince someone who's not interested in having right, sex. Right, that's what with I was going to say. Is like want to have they, sex with you. A lot of it is about schmoozing. A lot of it is about dressing like 
elegantly. A lot of it is like, how do you play through a scenario to get it to lead to sex? You know, like a lot of that was going on too. And then also the other thing is just like celebrity through your sexual like abilities and conquests. Which, okay, so that's where we're at in the movie. So basically she's like, fuck you, him and Geraldine catch up. He's walking out the door. She's about to bang some random nasty dude. And then she's like, (laughs) you know what? Like those two seem kind of cool. And like, let's just give this shit a shot. So she's like, what the fuck else am I doing? So she runs out. She's like, hey, actually, watching rats scurry by while I refuse to take it in the ass. Like, Missing out. Yeah. <laughs> you could be taking it in the ass while you're watching Rats Scurry by. I, honestly, spoiler, but I was honestly surprised that there wasn't a scene to where it's just like, okay, this is how you take it in the ass and enjoy it. If it was a Damiano movie, then absolutely. We would have had <laughs> There would have been maybe a few of those just yeah. to really drill it in. <laughs> but, but when someone does take it in the ass, it's not who you would expect. Twist. Hang yeah. tight for that as well. <laughs> Very, what is it? What a progressive film. Very progressive film. Yeah. <laughs> um, so much good twist there okay but anyway so then it's just leaving she follows him he's like all right what's your name and she's like misty beethoven which great name mm-hmm. and then he's like what's okay what's your real name and she's like dolores beethoven like like misty was the crazy part like that was really funny to me <laughs> so, and, and nobody like blinks an eye at it nobody's like oh like the they're just straight up which you know because like later on when they're like they're like what was her name misty mozart <laughs> Which is maybe even a better name, to be honest. <laughs> but I, I like Misty Beethoven as a name, and especially like just the little joke of just like, my regular name is Dolores Beethoven. That's so funny. <laughs> so then they get back to his place. Geraldine, like, oh my God, I fucking loved her. First of all, love her haircut. Thoughts mm-hmm. on that? She's super hot. Yeah, I, I liked her look a lot and just Very like her cool. attitude and spirit. And again, like nobody strikes you this sort of, you know, you, you said, God, I think this is in Deep Throat. Of course, like, the acting's bad. This is a porno. Like, we're here for the fucking. I did this... not say the acting was bad in Deep Throat, just to be clear. Yeah. Never said that. No, but we were talking about just kind of, like, porn <laughs> in, general, in general. In general. And with this, it's just like, God, it's so elevated, and none of this strikes you as, like, oh, these are all porn actors. Dude, I think a lot of them were actually theater actors. Yeah. Um, Jamie Gillis, the leading man. Which is even movie. more impressive. What do you mean? Okay, the so theater actors are not very good actors. No, no, no. So I'm just, just one of the things. One of the things that I said on one of our very early episodes was that um, people will criticize the acting in a lot of these movies, but it's just like, look, finding someone who is both comfortable acting on camera and then also comfortable fucking on camera, mm-hmm. like that's a very difficult and good thing. at both. Yeah, not you'll, just you'll willing, find, but you'll find a lot of people good. that are good at one or the other, but mm-hmm. being good at both is really difficult to find. Yeah, but not for Radley Metzger, apparently. Yeah. Everybody fucking killed him. And to take it to the next level and, and like not only be comfortable acting on camera, but to be fucking good and natural at it. Dude, okay, that was something that I very much noticed. Interesting because, to watch. Because, okay, just like I said earlier, like this is by far the best movie, but like not necessarily my personal favorite because I like a certain level of skis. I like a certain <laughs> level of camp. Like it's just what I am drawn to, you know, in my own work and in stuff that I like to yeah, watch. So like... You have a motif of, like, shooting beer cans in a trailer park in the desert. Totally. Absolutely. (laughs) Very hot. Very fun. So Deep Throat, to me, I like those kind of goofy performances. I like movies that feel like movies to the point where it's so kind of cheesy and over the top that, like, you, they're obviously are acting. I enjoy that. 
And I think it's a choice. I don't think it's like, oh, these people can't act. It's like they're doing a certain type of acting, the same way that like theater acting and film acting are different styles. So I feel like a lot of porn has more of a theater acting, just bigness. Yeah. This didn't. It very much felt like quote unquote film acting to the point where, like I said, I almost forgot that I was watching porn because it was just so kind of effortless and natural. Well, the film reminds you every like two minutes. But I don't, I feel like I'm like totally contradicting myself, but like I literally was like, oh yeah, this is just like a movie with sex in it. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas like, okay, with like Flesh Gordon, there actually wasn't sex in it in the actual cut of the film that we watched, but it felt like a porno. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. This felt like a movie that had sex in it versus that felt like a porno that didn't have sex in it. If that makes sense. <laughs> if that makes any sense. That felt like a movie uh-huh. where LA Vice Cops raided and destroyed all their triple X scenes. <laughs> and then they're just left with, well, we got the wraparound story for all the sex scenes here. Um, Jamie Gillis said the funniest fucking thing. I was listening to an interview with him this morning. So he was talking about, okay, you know, Harry Reams was doing Shakespeare and theater and stuff like that. So was Jamie Gillis. He mm-hmm. graduated magna cum laude from Columbia University with a degree in French literature. So just that right there, it's like, this is, cause okay, Very I, just to, yeah, just to clarify, like when I, I'm trying not to say it, but like, I don't want to say like, oh, this movie is like smart and these people seem smart because that almost implies that like other filmmakers and performers are like dumb or something, which I'm not at all saying that, but I will say that this movie felt intellectual. Yeah. Is what I, it was what I will say. And Radley Metzger very much is into classic literature. A lot of his stuff is based on French classic. Like he, he based a lot of stuff on plays and like old books and like, you know, so there is a certain level of like quote unquote smarts to it. There's a certain like polished bougie style to what he's doing. Well, to me, like it definitely came across that Radley Metzger was trying to get you to feel something besides just turned on. Yeah. Like he was trying to like speak to like an emotional level, but also with the dialogue, he didn't want, it was clear that they didn't want to talk down to their audience. They wanted to sort of speak up. Yeah. And it's very just snappy and fast and witty and just well written. It was very much a sense of, um, so in this world, just like casual sex is just a common thing, but not just that, the way that it, it, it plays into society. Just how spot on the world building is. Just yeah. how cohesive the whole fucking picture. But also the way that they were able to like, it was it was loose and fun and funny mm-hmm. because when she comes back with, with Dr. Seymour Love, like it doesn't become this whole thing of like, oh, I'm just going to exploit you for like my own pleasure and like use you. It, it does like a montage of him trying to show her how to be better at sex. Which and I it's so have. funny. Oh my because God. Got and her like... little workout outfits were so cute. <laughs> I love her. Oh my God. Okay. I was listening to an interview with her this morning too. And she said it bothered her that people were saying she was cute. She's like, why not beautiful? Why not sexy? And it's like, she is sexy and beautiful, but she's yeah. fucking cute too. Well, they start off and, and they make her kind of like seem cute and like young and immature because that's who the character is. Mm-hmm. And then as it progresses, like, yeah, when she comes in at the end in that French maid outfit, like Hot. she looks sexy as hell. Like even before that, when she's walking around in her in her dress, whenever she hooks up with the, the art dealer. Casey Donovan. Yeah, and even even after that, like in the in the penultimate um, sex scene, you know, like the outfit that she's wearing for that, like she looks very elegant and beautiful, and like there's a clear difference. Like that was a thing is they tried to visually put across is like this is who she started off as, mm-hmm. this is who she is now. Great job on the costumes, yeah. throwing that out there. So as they're having this training montage, she starts to kind of talk to Geraldine and be like, I kind of think Seymour is kind of a dick. 
You know, you're like, he's not exploiting her. The character very much felt, and actually the actress felt. And that's a whole nother conversation. Um, okay. But she's like, fuck this guy. And then, like, Geraldine is like, dude, like, you're crushing it. Like, you need to take your own power. Whatever he says, like, just fuck him. Like, he has his opinions, whatever, you know. Because he's very much like, oh, you're not good at this. You need to do this. You got to do this. And, you know, she kind of is telling her, like, you know, you got this. Like, f- figure it out. You're crushing it. So finally, when she gets to a point when she's, like, quote, unquote, ready, they're like, okay, let's have you kind of take take this take on this challenge like let's see if you're really fucking ready she goes to the opera with this guy and that's a funny sequence of like he kind of has performance issues and so it's like the second he's ready to go he's like we gotta go we gotta move so they're sitting in the fucking opera he can get hard he just can't (laughs) stay hard are sitting in this crowded fucking theater and he's like oh it's time to go and they get up it's excuse me excuse me excuse me going through and then they get to the aisle and he's like never mind and then it's like all right hold on let's climb back over to our seats and then it's like oh wait no no i'm ready i'm ready let's go let's do it so that was hilarious great physical comedy they're fucking in the bathroom hot this old lady comes in and she's like oh this is obscene like what are you doing you know and then she finishes it it was the bitch who called him on the phone was complaining about his movies she'd never watched a little bit because she's like fucking in a bathroom that's obscene you could have just take him and suck him off in a phone booth like come on <laughs> you know even the most uptight people in this world are yeah, still think about how much fecal matter is just floating around in here fair point fair point <laughs> Think about Um, your health. And then there's this amazing montage of like people reading newspapers and talking about her, which is so funny that this sort of stuff is in the papers, you know? Like, oh, I got a great blowjob last night. Let's write an article about it. I wish that was that was our world. I think we need to cultivate that world around us. Bring back getting blowjobs on planes. This scene reminded me so much of the montage in Mean Girls when it's like, I heard Regina George's hair was insured for $10,000 one time. I saw her wear army pants and flip-flops, so I got army pants and flip-flops. Like, it's just it's that scene, but they're like, I heard Misty Beethoven gives great head. Well, I heard that she does this. And then there's this amazing, like, montage where it's, it's like, Misty Beethoven is a classic Scorpio. And then it's like, uh, what? I think Scorpio's take it in the ass. She sounds more like a Capricorn. Like, just, it was hysterical. <laughs> I was fucking busting up laughing, like... Oh my god, that was one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie. Is that true? Do Scorpios take it up the ass? Hit us up. 5talking at gmail.com. <laughs> Let us know. You're like, in any Scorpios, here's my information. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, there's a theater sequence. And, and I like, there's just like this progression of just kind of showing her climbing the ropes and like establishing like her identity and like cultivating like a, this celebrity personality. All of which Dr. Love is is controlling from behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. He's putting the rumors out there and everything. But um, you do you do watch her start to like build up some confidence and kind of like understand but you also see her struggle because she's constantly so one of the things that he tells her that she needs to do is he's like you need to get off three men at the same time and I was just like oh shit we're going for some fucking not just DP action some fucking tree P action <laughs> which wasn't the case it was it was much like, more Damn. yeah it was it was much more like I'm going to line up three guys and like suck the one in the middle off and then jerk the other two off at the same time, which not as much fun. That seems way harder though. I definitely do not have the coordination (laughs) to pull something like that off. Well, yeah, because I I can, I can straight up tell you getting a hand job is like, it's so hard. It's the worst form of sexual. Have you heard the Bill Burr thing about getting a hand job? 
No, it's I haven't. It's fucking hilarious. He's like, some chicks that don't want to go down on you will be like, oh, I'll give you a hand job instead. Like, that's some great consolation prize. And he's like, bitch, this is my sport. Like, you don't do it as good as I do. Like... <laughs> It was hilarious. He's and like, so true. Let me do the thing that you already do to yourself, except so much worse. Yeah. Dude, I straight up, I'm just like, nah. <laughs> too hard. <laughs> but yeah, so it, it shows her like consistently like working on this. And I love the way, I, I just love the way that they shot it and like the energy of it and just the fucking, the courage to be like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to do this tracking shot where Jamie Gillis walks out and we follow his character and she's already on her knees trying to get these three guys off and he walks over and he's just like, yeah, doing good. Like he even like gives like a pat on the ass to one of the, <laughs> one of his butlers that's getting yes. jerked off. And the, the actors they had playing those roles, like Hilarious. I thought that was really funny. They were very funny. Cause like they don't have any lines. They're literally just three guys standing there like getting pleasured. And they managed to work in a bit of comedic business with them. Because when she finally does get the three of them off, like that scene, I was literally laughing as it was happening. You know what it reminded me of? What? Big feet. <laughs> the, Watch difference, it. the difference was there wasn't as much fur covering up their faces, but they definitely had like that 70s level of hair. So that was going on. But then what was really interesting is when she does successfully get the three of them off, Dr. Love is like, we did it, we did it, you know. Good job, team. They all depart the room and like they're congratulating each other. You can hear them like kind of whooping it up in the next room. She sits down and starts fucking crying. Dude, kind of gnarly. Yeah. And it was almost to the, to the point of like, it, it makes you like question, okay, what is the character experiencing in this moment? Because like traditionally it would be kind of like, oh, is she like ashamed of what she's doing? And it's like, no, she's like... Like fucking emotionally and mentally and physically exhausted because she's been working up to this the whole time and everybody else is thinking like oh wow she fucking she did it we finally got this dumb bitch to do it and they're having a great time and she's fucking worn out mm -hmm. but then there was the sequence where they're teaching her how to seduce Casey Donovan's oh, character. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay, that was one of my favorite scenes. That was too. so good. But you know what it, that reminded me of? What? <laughs> yes, and. Like oh, the yeah. level of that is a project that y'all have not gotten to see yet. Stay tuned. But it's basically something I wrote out of my own excessive need to curate a vibe. Okay. <laughs> and so that's like basically what's going on in this scene is like the level of planning. They're like, okay, you need to like seduce this guy. And which was so funny because like he's gay or very much queer coded mm -hmm. and it, but it's like that's Which the went ultimate into challenge the, the casting of the actor it was it was really cool to see casey donovan in something yeah I, I didn't realize that that he was in it and then i saw him in the opening credits and i was like oh like okay i wonder what he's doing and then Which, to have like a kind of a prominent role an important character like that was really cool to see I yeah like him. a little bit of backstory on that casey donovan is the star of boys in the sand which is a movie that we covered a few episodes back Along with Bijou, Ugh, um, Wakefield so I, I brought Bijou Go up check him yesterday. Out. I was like, you'll still need to watch this movie. It's fucking yeah. good. So, what's his name? Seymour brings in like an ex-girlfriend who's like a theater actor, you know, which I love movies about movies. I love scenes of, which, oh, I put this in our fucking Google Doc, whatever, the other day. I think we should do a double feature episode on Matinee Idol and Skin Flicks. Okay. Because I, I know we talked about Matinee Idol and I'm like, I don't know what we would talk about. And then like... Skinflix is Damiano, so it's cool that it's like two similar stories, but like tonally so fucking different. So I feel like that could be a fun conversation. Throwing okay. that out there. Stay tuned. Season four? This would be, yes, yeah, season four. Oh, 
before, okay? <laughs> but anyway, so he brings in this chick who's an actor. I love watching actors pretend to be actors. It's so fun. And they're like basically acting out the scene of how they want her seduction scene to go. So this woman is playing the role of Misty, and then Geraldine is playing the role of the guy, and so they're getting down. Which is an interesting choice. It is. Like this movie does a lot just of, one of, of the that. In there. You know, this movie does a lot of kind of playing with gender dynamics and sexuality, which is cool, yeah. interesting. Because um, she's going down on on her, and then like she's describing like. You know, I'm sucking your dick. Because she's narrating it so that on the day of, Misty can have an earpiece talking mm-hmm. her through what's happening. So they do this whole kind of test run, and then they send her out in the field to go do this. You know, And she's like, I'm not ready. I can't do it. And they're like, you got this. You got this. You got this. So she goes to an art gallery, and there is like a very flamboyant like gay art dealer he's wearing makeup he's got like a kimono like just visually like we know exactly what is happening here and Geraldine cuts the power so it's like oh oh my god it just got dark in here like which what I love, which I love they kind of do like a little bit of an Ocean's Eleven thing oh, totally he's totally like, he's like and of course we'll have Geraldine's fingers to, to help <laughs> make things happen and then it just shows her go click so funny and good and so she starts like seducing the guy she's like oh do you have something in your eye like oh my god let me just get my face like close to your face and just see what happens and then she kisses him and at first it seems like he's kind of like what the hell you know like because like seymour's voiceover in the scene before this he's even like setting it up he's like he's probably going to move his body away from you which you can take that to your advantage because now you can like line yourself up perfectly to kiss to lean in and kiss him and then you like you hear his voice over again. It's even flashing back to the two actresses doing it Love that. before. And then she's going through it, but it has this whole different context to it. Mm-hmm. And like it's really interesting because it's like when they when they first are just doing the rehearsal of it, like it's sexy and just like, oh, these are two hot women. They're going down on each other and just, just watching that whole like, nice, seduction nice. happening. And then watching watching it again, but now it's it's uh, her with Casey Donovan, and just he's like hesitant and like he starts off resistant and then hesitant, and then she slowly breaks him down to where he just like lays back and he's like, okay, this is definitely happening, and it's just fucking really cool to watch. Although like for me, I would be off put if a woman is just like, I'm gonna suck your cock now, and I'm like, uh, like a oh, ripe okay. mango, and then she's like, yeah, I'm gonna lick it like a ripe mango, and I'm like, I kind of uh, laughed at that. I was like. I left at it too, but I'm like, I don't think that would turn me on. I'm like, can you not say you're it? Like, can like you that? just shut the fuck up while you're doing it? <laughs> you just be like, oh, baby, I'm going to suck you off. It's like, okay, cool. <laughs> well, that's what fucking Seymour says. Is he's like, do not talk too much, Misty. Like, that is the biggest problem people have with sex is that they think you're hot and then you say something stupid and then now you're not hot anymore. <laughs> Which honestly is very fucking true because I can point out specific people where I'm like, oh, hot. And then they start fucking talking and I'm like, oh, I changed my mind. Well, and a lot of stuff that like sounds good in your head, like the second you say it out loud. Well, we talked like, about that with fucking dirty talk vibes. where it's like, I love dirty talk. I love to hear it. I love to think Think about it, but then when I actually go to get down, I'm just like, I hate to say anything because I feel so stupid saying anything, and I want a script because I, you know, I am getting better at improv though. Taking this acting class, I'm feeling a lot more comfortable with improv. Improv fix my sex life. Honestly, honestly, it has because because you know me, you know, and, and listeners from earlier episodes, I'm like, I need this right now. I need this planned. I need a fucking play yeah. by play of how we're gonna do this. Which speaking, I'm of, getting better. We do this every episode now. But if you have a phone sex script that you'd like to listen to us read, vibetalking at gmail.com. You can send it to us. We will read it. We might even give you notes. 
but you can hear us reading your phone sex This phone sex needs a little punch-up. We're going to have to... Um, if you write a bunch of weird shit in it, we will take artistic license You know what? It. You should not, not at all write and send us a loose outline for an improv script of phone sex. Don't send me that. I, I mean, we'll do it if we get it, but please don't make me do that. But yeah, some, something like what, what happens in this scene is, is great. Yeah, it ends up being like very hot. And then that just like, that really sends Missy Beethoven's celebrity status into like the stratosphere. Because now fucking everybody's talking to her and they're like, oh, did you hear what she did? And so the ultimate target they're going after, was it uh, Budat? I can't remember his name. It was Goldenrod was his like uh, magazine or whatever. And so that was the whole thing that they wanted to try to get was for her to be crowned the title of Goldenrod girl. And basically to get that, you got to seduce this bougie guy who's throwing all these bougie parties. And so when it's finally time for that to happen, they go to this party and Seymour says to her, okay, you're ready. Just walk right up to him. And he's sitting on, they're in like a, like a movie lot and he's sitting up in these kind of like rafters, you know? And so it's like, okay, Misty, just climb up the fucking thing, walk right up to him and be like, let's do this damn thing. But then she starts to kind of go off script. She's mm-hmm. like, no, I'm not going to. She's like, oh, okay, whatever. And then she walks over to like another guy at the party and is like, I want you to walk up to him and tell him, quote unquote, Misty Beethoven says, get your ass down here. <laughs> and then the guy's like, oh, okay. And then you see the guy going up and telling him and like Misty's reaction as she's watching Seymour and Geraldine being like, what is she doing? What is going on? And the guy up there being like, oh, damn, like power move. Okay. And so he comes down like right here. She's taking... Well, he doesn't just scene. come down. Right? Oh, of course. He makes a whole thing. Because it was funny, I was watching it, and I was just like, he's not going to just jump off of there. And then I noticed, like, the big stack of, like, cardboard boxes and mattresses, and I was like, oh, fuck, he is! You're and like, he Ugh. jumps off. And fucking everybody in the party's like, this movie? <gasps> yeah, and he just fucking jumps, and then he gets up, and he's like, ta-da! And I was like, damn, this movie's fucking doing shit! I love this! <laughs> so that was really cool to watch. But he comes down there, and then, of course, he's got his lady, which... Again, I fucking so many hate... power couples, though. Yeah, they've been kind of discussing like, what is Seymour up to? Like, they've been discussing that throughout the movie, and they're like, "Oh, I heard he's got this new girl," and they're just like, "What? He thinks he could just turn anybody into like a fucking goldenrod girl?" And they're like, "Oh wait, they're, like, I guess they're, like, he can." Like, laughing at like, oh. <laughs> but that whole thing starts going off, and it's. Again, to do the writing on this and, like, have the writing, like, blend so well with, like, the actual, like, sex scenes. But then to do it to where, like, you're literally writing out this sex scene and it has to be, like, this fucking powerful moment in the movie. Climactic. Story-wise as well. Not only that, but to, like, get across information about the development of the character. It fucking, like, blew my mind because she goes in there and then she's just got this confidence. Like, she's not doubting herself at all. So you're like, she has arrived, but you actually have to physically see her take these powers that she's now gained and use them to achieve her goal. She's sitting here and seducing the guy and then his woman comes over and she's like, I'm going to get your old man off. Like, what do you think about that? And she's like, oh, you think you're just going to do that? And then they all start fucking. And oh, I love that. Yeah, the, the way she actually says it, she's like, please, like, he doesn't fuck without me. Don't be trying to step up. Like, which was interesting because, okay, we teased earlier. There's so much power in the scene stuff going on right here. Okay, so first of all, Misty's power in the sense that she has, like, mastered this skill set. Secondly, Misty's power in relationship to Seymour. She's going off script. So it's like, I don't need you 
to tell me how to be sexy. Like I just am sexy and I actually have my own instincts that are different than yours and will work in the situation and like confidence in my own ability to navigate a situation. So that's cool. Then we have the power of Misty being cocky here of like, oh, putting this bitch in her place. Mm -hmm. But then this bitch is like, hey, like, I'm his fucking wife. Like, don't be trying to get mouthy with me. So she's kind of asserting her dominance. And so that was kind of cool. But then Misty is kind of like, okay, respect. So I thought that was kind of cool too, is that it didn't make Misty feel like she's been knocked down a peg. And now it's like, these two are up here and she's down here. Oh, I see that. (laughs) There's a little tease, a little illusion. Oh my God. But like... It was really cool that like, it was kind of like these two women basically saying, let's not like fuck around with this shit here. Don't you try to act like you're better than me. I'm going to like kind of set the record straight, but also let's just drop it and we're all having fun. You know? So I just thought it was, I thought it was a really cool dynamic. And then would you like to talk about this next part of the scene? Yeah. (laughs) I feel like you do. (laughs) So then they start fucking and it's a hot scene. They're all going down on each other. Like they're, they're really showing. Oh, what'd you think of this guy's haircut? (laughs) <laughs> it was kind of good. You know what? Like the thing I thought about him, especially when he when he jumped down from the catwalk onto the mattresses, and then he just kind of like holds his arms out, like ta-da! Like I was like, this motherfucker looks like Eric Trump. Oh my god! <laughs> and then I had a hard time not seeing him as Eric Trump throughout. He the definitely rest of had it. like a Wall Street. Vibe. Which which yeah, it definitely did, and then it made it even even a little bit funnier when what ends up happening in the sex scene because you would think that like oh okay like they're gonna sit there and the women are gonna go down on each other and he's gonna like you know switch between fucking one and fucking the other and it's like that's not exactly how it goes because then she gets up and they're just like wait a minute she's putting on a strap on oh strap in for this wild ride and it's it's not like the strap-ons that that you might know and love from from modern times no this is a (laughs) This is a fucking like S and M, not fucking around, not comfortable 1970s strap on, <laughs> where you have to fucking have like this little belt that goes around, and then you have to have this fucking other like cod a piece, belt. studded leather cod piece that goes over it. Iconic. The wife right away, she's just like, "Oh, bitch, I see what you're doing." Like, so she goes over and she's like, props. pulls out a fucking dildo and hooks her up with it. And normal porn watching brain is just like, "Oh, okay, she's gonna fuck the wife with the strap on." On. Like she's gonna get a little uh, okay. deep reaction. When we're- no, bitch, that ain't it. Surprise! She's gonna we fucking peg him. It, when we were watching it, we kept looking at each other and being like, "Oh, did you know geez. this is gonna happen?" No, like so we're like, "Oh God, where's this going?" And I'm like, "Hold on, hold did- on, it might be the chick. It might be for the chick. I don't think it's for the chick. It was no. not for the chick. No, because like just clearly, like when she grabs the the dildo and, and comes over." It makes you think that for a second, like, oh, she's gonna use it on the wife. I immediately knew. But then, it was for the but guy. then, like, as soon as they put it on, it's just like, no, she's not using it on the wife because the fucking wife lays down. Then he gets on top of her, and then fucking Misty comes over, and she fucking just busts out the lube and just goes right into it, and it was fucking. Intense. Very she knew exactly what he wanted because he's just like, yes, oh, like he was this stoked. fucking expression. This guy was very stoked. And the thing is, is like. Watching this now in 2023, you're just like, oh yeah, like not every man will talk about it, but there are definitely like men that will speak openly about it. Just like, hey, I'm not gay at all, but I fucking love getting fucked in the ass by a woman with a strap on. It's great. I love it. You know, it's like, it's becoming a more kind of like normalized, accepted, like fetish Mm -hmm. to have. 1974 to have this in a fucking movie that like you wanted to go out into the mainstream. That is fucking bold. 
Bradley Metzger might be one of the fucking bravest motherfuckers in the history of fucking cinema. Honestly, yeah. I, I feel you. Because it's like, again, we're talking about the fact that he directed this movie under the, the pseudonym Henry Paris to avoid, like, legal issues from this. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, but also I'm going to have a man get fucked in the ass in a threesome scene in this movie, and you guys are going to fucking love it. It's going to be the, it's going to be one of the best scenes in the fucking movie. Okay. Definitely, like, the hottest fucking sex scene in the whole goddamn movie. Here's what I will say. Just personally, that's not what does it for me. So I was not necessarily getting that sort of reaction from watching it. But... From a filmmaking storytelling perspective, I love that the story went there. Yeah, no, like that—that's the thing for me. Is like I love that the story went there because it was just like it was showing that at like when she in her head just knew this is what this motherfucker wants and this is what I'm without which hesitation was I'm gonna not do this. Something she transcended. That they ever yes, she like, transcended everything that Seymour had taught her. She was just like, guess what, bitch? Like I I'm not the student. I'm the master. That. Yes, and like having her asserting intellectual asserting and dominance. physical dominance yes. like was fucking cool yeah great story great arc for misty so she does that and then fucking afterward um dr love is just like hey man how was that and he was just like fucking goldenrod girl like fucking damn she's number one top of the charts mm-hmm. and they're just like Fucking Seymour gets up and like this is the whole thing he's been working through this entire fucking movie. And he's just like, we fucking did it. We fucking did it. But again, they're treating it like their personal victory and not so much like, hey, we helped this woman. And then she not only took it across the goal line, but she won the fucking Super Bowl. Yeah, because her, I mean, yes, he did lay the foundation and helped her along this journey. Not yeah. saying that he doesn't deserve any props, but like, but ultimately, he's, he's it was, the MVP, yeah, and not her. And he's being very arrogant and very douchey. He's dressed as like a fucking Greek god. He has his little like tunic and fucking little, what is that, crown of leaves or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? He feels very douchey and very, like, hedonistic, you know? And then, like, he starts talking shit about her. He's like, yeah, Misty kind of, like, sucks. Like, but I'm kind of awesome. And, like, you're welcome. And he's like... like, Then he starts getting a little out of hand. He's like, yeah, when a chick sucks, like, you gotta just beat the shit out of her. Like, just kidding. Like, just (laughs) kidding. And then she walks out and she's like, wow. Like, what the fuck? And he's like, Misty, I was just joking. And she's like, dude, fuck you. She's like, like, I knew this is what you motherfuckers thought about me this whole goddamn mm -hmm. time. And now that I've proven not only to you, but to myself of like what I'm capable of, you know I don't what? need this bullshit. Fuck you. I don't need you anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm the fuck out of here. And then that's when he realizes that he fucked up. Mm-hmm. He realizes he got too cocky. He treated her like shit. And now like he has this human moment of like, wait, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I was just fucking, I was just talking shit. I'm sorry. And chases her, but she's just like, no, I'm fucking gone. And so then we got Seymour and Geraldine at the house, like kind of bummed and like. Well, and you also have like, well, yeah, yeah, you have that. Because later, everyone's speculating about, like, whatever happened to Missy Beethoven? Where is she now? Oh, that was great, too. Another, yeah. like, montage of, like, people reading the papers and talking. But and- I also love the fact that they reincorporate an earlier scene into the movie so you can understand, like, like where his mindset is and, like, kind of the, the difference in, like, 
like how far the plot has progressed because he's sitting at home and of course he's still getting blown of by course, his maids. Of course, um, And he's watching the footage from when they had their training montage and like she's struggling just to get her lips around a fucking dildo um, and he's just like, come on. He's like, just fucking suck on it. Just suck it up. And he's almost like misty eyed. Like, that watching was hilarious. This. like he's got like his little snifter of cognac and he's just like, oh, he's like, I remember those days, you know, like back when I had something to look forward to. Of course they do the union mandated shift changes for <laughs> yeah. the blowjob servants. And Thank then, you five. <laughs> and then here comes Misty Beethoven. Cause like, that's the thing is like, you also understand like where this movie is leading is it's leading to the two of them fucking. Which, okay, this is going to sound stupid, but like, I didn't know it was going there. Oh, you didn't? <laughs> no, like that was the thing is like, I realized like when they didn't have sex at the beginning, I'm like, yeah, that's where the movie's leading up to is the two of them fucking. There was, there was a movie before that we criticized to where it's just like, why didn't the two of these characters end up having sex? Like that's what- <laughs> What a, movie? I, I remember us talking about that. I don't know. Listeners, if you remember, about? hit us up. Remind us which Can movie. Can you fact check us, please? <laughs> Tell us which movie we said that about. The Bob Talking Canon is so expansive. I can't even keep track anymore. It, it's, a, it's a thing where they, they set it up throughout the movie without really pointing it out, but you understand that it's there. Of like every time you see one one maid like going down on him and another maid starts to walk into the room, they're going to switch off. And so you see that happen, but it's not Misty Beethoven. And then it continues to watch and lament on the fact that he fucked up and like he did a good job with this girl, but then he got too much he got to be too much of an asshole and fucking ran her off. Yeah. And then fucking here comes Misty Beethoven. In the fucking maid uniform. Hot. Looks hot as shit. And you're just like, god damn. Like, this is gonna fucking happen. Because fucking Bradley Metzger knows what the fuck he's doing. So she comes in. She starts blowing him. And at first he doesn't Geraldine notice. sees and kind of laughs and kind of leaves to give him a moment. Yeah. Like... And then like part of the way through, without, without looking down on her, without really telegraphing it, you understand that he knows that it's Misty. Because he recognizes the beach. Yeah. <laughs> And so as they're sitting there, well, no, actually, I don't, I don't know that she ever blew him at any point in the movie before Not that. that we see. Yeah. So I don't know, honestly. But he realizes it. And then he starts talking shit about her again. But and, like jokingly. Yeah. Kind of. Like clearly like being like kind of like sarcastic and, and sort of owning up to the fact that he was an asshole to mm -hmm. her. But then it leads to this really cute scene where like he... He says a little bit too much shit, like goes a little bit too far. And so she fucking like bites his dick and he jumps up and then they start chasing each other around the set. Like I love the fact that like part of the physical comedy and part of the way that she gets back at him is fucking biting his dick. I know. You know, it's just like the presence of mind to be like, yeah, what's the one way where she could get him? Like fucking bite his dick. But it's so light and funny and just so balanced. Yeah. Like. And then that leads to the two of them having sex. And, you know, pretty decent sex scene. Like, I, I will say that a lot of times when we watch these movies, when the sex scenes come on, I kind of lose my engagement with the movie. And that really has to go to a lot of the diegetic sex, the, the, the balance of sex and story. Mm -hmm. And so when the sex scenes feel like they're disconnected from the actual story, the characters, and everything that's happening... I will lose interest. I agree with Unless that. it just feels Unless like a really hot. hot sex scene. Like yeah. the three-way in Dixie Ray. 
Yeah. I fucking love that scene. Yeah. Even though the sex in that movie is horrible, that one particular scene is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that was a scene that I actually, I, I, I went back and watched that scene just on his own. I jerked off just watching from, that yeah, scene. Yeah. Just from <laughs> personal enjoyment. Which but, I never do. I only masturbate to The Sopranos, as we've discussed. <laughs> but there's like sex scenes, like The Devil and Miss Jones. In that, like the sex scene with, with Harry Reams. Like, mm-hmm. I watched that. Again, that's another scene I went back and watched on my own for my own I think we need to make a list of the top hottest scenes. I think we need okay. to cut that out. That would be okay. a fun project. And see where we overlap and don't, like, the phone's works. <laughs> that's <laughs> at the top of my list. <laughs> Which, I'm sorry, I'm getting off topic, but I love that you made a video of that because I want everyone to see it. It was one of my favorite vibe-talking moments. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but um, this final, like, sex scene, like, yeah, like, I the sex scenes throughout the movie, I did stay engaged. And I was watching them because I was like, this is this is good and like it fits in with the movie. It fits in with what's happening. Agreed. Um, it's fucking seamless. Oh, I think that's so funny. That quote that I sent you this morning, <laughs> Radley Metzger said, erotic pictures are like musicals, you know? It's just as important what's going on before and after the scene. You have to make everything feel cohesive. I just thought it was so funny that that's what he's thinking of. Yeah. It's like a musical. Because well, <laughs> essentially what they did is they said, okay, what if... What if we made My Fair Lady, but it's about a sex worker, and then we replace the the musical scenes with sex scenes? Because, because okay, but actually think about that. Because like, I know musicals are a controversial thing. I personally do like musicals. I know a lot of people do not. I'm I one of the see your that expression that like you musicals. don't. Little Shop, your favorite fucking movie. Uh, there's there's a few exceptions, but yeah. I'm not saying there's not shitty musicals. Obviously, not saying that. I'm like not I went that and watched automatically Les Mis like in the it. theater, and I was just like, uh, I mean. This movie could be so much shorter if they weren't fucking seeing like every 15 But, minutes. okay, Little Shop is something where the musical moments feel incorporated into the film. Like yes. there's a certain aesthetic and tone and ambiance that carries into the musical numbers. There are other musicals where it's like, oh, let's just stop what we're doing and start singing. And yeah. it's weird and stupid. And it's weird because there's... Yeah, it's it's a parallel with with porn because the other thing about so that's it too is such a smart the comparison. Is very heightened, like a very theatrical level of acting mm-hmm. for the movies. And yeah, you just replace the sex scenes with with songs, song and dance numbers. I just thought that was such a cool way of thinking. <laughs> I love him. He's so fucking. He's so smart. He's so good. Yeah. And just so like just okay, just hearing him well, say and, that. And the way that it ends, because the way that it ends is, is people are speculating like, whatever happened to Misty Beethoven? Don't you mean Misty Mozart's and that same like people on the street? Like, what are they saying? And then of course, you know, because we're following along with the story, we see that like, oh no, Doctor Love's whole like you know school for the sexually gifted and talented, <laughs> like it's now being run by Misty Beethoven and fucking uh, like Doctor Love's been just straight up like he's just one of her submissive that she probably fucking pegs in the ass whenever she feels Oh, I don't know about that. I (laughs) I interpreted it as she's joined the squad. Like, him and Geraldine very much felt like equals the entire time to me, you know, their dynamics. So I took it as Misty is now the third, and the three of them are like a power triad. The the way that they showed her, like, walking around and giving everyone instruction, it's it's kind of like, to me, that, that spoke to the fact that Seymour partially retired, and now she's in charge of everything. Interesting. That's the take I, I got. I feel that. It. I feel that. Yeah. You know what? Speaking though on... Okay, because when I was like... This sounds stupid, but I was like, okay, I didn't realize they were going to get together. Like, romantically. I think that's what threw me a little bit. Because we, he also doesn't have sex with Geraldine. 
Yeah. They have sex in the same room all the time, but with different people. So I kind of took it as there is a certain level of like detachment from sex that it's like, it's so casual that it's like Geraldine is like my partner. And I think they probably do have sex. I think we just didn't see it in this movie. I assume that they do. It's possible, you know? but it um, could also be very much that he's he's one of those people of the saying of those who can't teach. Wait, what do you mean by that? Basically that this might go back to what I was saying before about there not being a lot of focus on her pleasure and like... Oh, like that he's feel- not that good in bed? Mm-hmm. Dude, hot take. Like he has an idea of like what what it is that can get a man off, but... For him personally, he's just like... So Geraldine's just like, I have better people to have sex with. <laughs> like, we're tight, but like, you know. Yeah. Damn. So that that's the other thing about it too, is like just having a movie like this to where it's just like, yeah, it's a porno, but there's a lot to discuss. There's a lot to think about. That's there's, what we There's love. all this depth that's and layer. There's want. speculation <laughs> that you can make about the characters and why they do the things that they do. Like, it wasn't just like, oh yeah, no, we just wrote this so that we could get to the next. It was like literally like there was logic and thought behind the characters, the world, the scenes, everything. Mm-hmm. So it's great. I thought it was fucking fantastic. Yeah. It was such a good movie. I think it goes without saying, but we both hard recommend this film to everyone. Yeah. Absolutely. It is genuinely so funny, so well-written, phenomenal performances, solid, tight story, great runtime, doesn't feel too long, but still feels substantial. Yeah, extremely well-paced. Very balanced, very cohesive, all of it. I kind of have no critiques. Yeah. Nothing major, you know? No, the the only thing for me was just the fact that there there really was never any discussion about what, what's pleasurable for her. But I don't think it was done with the sense of like, well, women's pleasure doesn't matter. Because like you said, they clearly show like women being pleasured. There just isn't like a discussion about that. Because mm-hmm. like the character's mission is to be good at getting, getting specific men off. Yeah, playing the game. Yeah. That was my take. And then, like, not only does she does the, do that, but she's like, I'm not even going to do it in the way that you think I should do it. I'm going to do it in my own way. So, yeah, fantastic movie. Yeah, and so fucking I'm good. I'm looking forward to checking out more of Metzger's shit. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I'm interested in watching some of his uh, mainstream projects as well. Like, some of those synopsises sounded really interesting to me. And I think it'll be cool to kind of see the evolution of mm-hmm. a filmmaker going that route, you know, because that was something that I was really interested in and, and curious about because I knew that he had done films in both genres, you know. I knew that he did the adult films after already having an established career, which I actually think is really interesting and maybe part of why this movie is so good, just because he's looking at it from a different perspective with like fresh eyes. Like, you know, the way that like sometimes someone who primarily does drama, like just busts out like a really awesome comedic role or something. And it's like, oh wow, like I didn't realize that you, or or vice versa, you know? But it's almost like because they're coming at it from a different angle, it just has like a fresh, interesting take, you know? So I think like, because he's not thinking about the way that porn is structured or what tests well for audiences in the adult film realm. Like he's thinking just like, these are the types of movies that I make. Let's add some sex into it, you know? Like, so he's, he's almost playing a different game. Yeah. So it creates a different project, you know? So I I thought that was interesting. Um, And I also thought it was interesting to like, you know, I had heard people be like, oh, you know, and then when porn started getting popular, he kind of cashed in and did it. And I'm like, wait, what? You know, but so I, then I was listening to this interview, you know, and then like hearing the way that he talks, like, I think he very much is someone like us, whereas it's like, 
we haven't done porn, but like so much of our creative work is about sex and sexuality and people's relationships to it, you know, to where I do want to produce porn. And it's mm-hmm. like, because these are the story elements that I already explore and I'm interested in, these are already the types of films that I like. These are already the types of things that I'm playing with. So to me, it's just like taking those themes and ideas and like taking it to the next level. Whereas like, I, I like that seems kind of like what he did. Like all of his stuff was very sexy before he started doing hardcore sex, you know? Yeah. And already if you're, if you're making movies that, you know, are focused on seduction and, and love and everything. It is it is sort of a natural process to just be like, okay, well, what if we just you know start introducing some nudity into this? And if we're we're already going down that route, like you know, what if this sex scene is actually explicit and what it shows instead of just pantomiming? Yeah, you know, and the act of sex. and I think that part of it too is why the balance was so strong because it's not like something like fucking horrible ass please don't eat my mother where it almost felt like they were like oh we're supposed to have sex in it let's find a few places yeah. to put sex and it wasn't it's so something... crazy like the extreme between those two examples yeah and, and it wasn't something on the other realm too I feel like maybe some Damiano films no disrespect you know but like he is like okay I'm gonna make a sex film I'm gonna make porn but I want it to also have a story so let me try to structure a story around this Mm -hmm. you know it felt like with Metzger's thing it was just like it's a story about sex so naturally there's sex in it you know so I just fucking dug it well and just I fucking love the idea of like taking a a film that's well known and well loved and just being like okay what if we like not a porn parody version of it but what if we take this basic story structure and then create something that is erotic Mm -hmm. around that and I, I love that, and I feel like if if we were to end up making, you know, the kinds of movies that, Don't that say if, we're say thinking when. about, say when, yeah, manifest, so, yeah. So <laughs> so when we do this, like, yeah, it would make a lot of sense to sit there and, and take something and say, here is a very recognizable structure. And it just seems natural to also have sex in it. As Dennis Reynolds would say, what are all good movies missing? Full penetration. (laughs) Could not agree A woman's mouth is not for the exiting of words, but for the entering of a man's penis. (laughs) Don't completely. (laughs) Hopefully, if you're listening at this point, like, you have watched this movie because... Like, you'll feel like you're a part of the conversation that we're having. Because mm-hmm. if you listen to this and you haven't watched the movie yet, you're missing so much. And it sounds like we're just fucking, like, blowing Metzger and just talking about, like, oh, oh he's so, oh, he's so, <laughs> oh, he's great. I love him. He's all. For, for and, good and, reasons. And, too, like, I think, I think if this would have been, like, one of the first movies that we watched, um, the way that we feel and appreciate this movie would have been a little bit different. Because... Mm-hmm. We, we went through and we've watched some very good movies. We've, yeah. we've seen some very good filmmakers and, and performers. But to kind of like have those highs and lows and then just reach like this all new high that we haven't reached before. Because yeah. if we would have hit this high first, everything else after this honestly would have felt like a letdown. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. So with that being said, we have yet to set our lineup for our next season. So if anyone has suggestions of really, really good films, please recommend. Otherwise, I think we're going to be covering some Damiano, some Spinelli, and some Metzger. I think we need to just stick with the the solid, solid (laughs) Artours this season. And if this is one of our first episodes that you're listening to, uh, please go back and listen to all the other stuff we watched because we watched some fun well, maybe stuff. Not all of it. <laughs> <laughs>
stuff like Flesh Gordon, we, we mentioned that earlier. Star Virgin, which I thought was a Star lot of fun. Star Virgin was fun. I think Flesh Gordon was okay. Fucking Please Don't Eat My Mother was horrible. <laughs> I, I but it was a fun conversation. It was a fun conversation. Tearing it to shreds. Our episode was good. The movie just wasn't good. Yeah. I think all of our episodes are good. It's just some of the material that we talk about is not yeah. that great. But for the most part, like the majority of stuff that we've watched has been good and entertaining and interesting. Mm -hmm. It's just this was head and shoulders above everything else. Yeah. So uh, that's all I can think of for the moment. Yeah. Watch the damn movie. (laughs) And then come back and check us out in our new season. Happy holidays, everybody. Yes. Happy New Year. Bye. Want to hear more? New episodes of Vibe Talking are available to download and stream every other Tuesday on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love to listen. You can see more Vibe Talking on the Good Vibe Cinema channel on YouTube and follow at Vibe Talking on Instagram, Threads, and the X-rated version of Twitter. Vibe Talking is a Good Vibe Cinema production.